So, getting this thing started, how would you describe what Stable Awakening is all about and maybe give us a little bit about where it all comes from for you? Yeah. Um, so Stable Awakening, that particular term is something that I was introduced to uh, by Saeed Khan, who is uh, a teacher, consciousness teacher, uh, teacher of enlightenment. Um, and he was the, you know, just after I experienced, you know, like what, you know, what most people would call your a spiritual awakening, um, that initial opening, uh, I was very, I was looking around trying to figure out what it is that had happened to me. And, uh, Saeed Khan was, was there, just a friend introduced me to him and, and he, you know, he was kind of my initial guide in terms of stabilizing and, uh, you know, what, what this new kind of expanded consciousness that, that I had stumbled into by accident. Um, and basically what stable awakening is, some people call it uh, abiding awakening, um, there are different ways to talk about it, but it's, um, it's in, instead of just a kind of momentary spike in and, and kind of getting to the top of the mountain, seeing the, the kind of unity and the truth of all things, and then coming back down the mountain to your regular way of consciousness, mm -hmm. which is oftentimes what people um, kind of experience and they cycle through these peaks. Yeah. Uh, a stable awakening or an abiding awakening is when you get to the mountaintop and you kind of, you kind of live there, you kind of mm -hmm. stay there. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's not so much that, um, you're there in this kind of like ecstatic state of like, you know, you're living in a psychedelic world for, for the rest of your life. Uh, but more it's, it's the sense of, uh, you have access to the, the wider picture at any given moment. Uh -huh. You can feel on a, in a deep way, the kind of oneness and non-separateness of all being. And it's not something that you have to, uh, you grasp for search for, you know, whenever you kind of, um, you know, you can, you can access it at any, any given moment. And it feels like it's kind of in your bones. It's in your body. Yeah. It's a, it's a stable, a, a stable, um, station of consciousness that you've mm -hmm. reached. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you're talking about a healthy dose of integration within one's being. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's exactly that. It's the integration of, of non-duality. It's making it part of the fabric of your, of your life. Yeah. Mm hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. So it's really, in a way, demystifying this whole process. And uh, yeah, living with that. So let me ask you that. How does uh, how does our living maybe change from this? Does it does it change? Do we chop wood and carry water a little differently? Or is it the same process of chopping wood and carrying water? You know, is there any change in the non-dual living? That's that's a good question. Um, yeah, you know that 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 koan that saying is is so great. You know, right before enlightenment, chop could wood carry water. After chop wood carry water, and and in a sense, um, you know, I I I was talking to to Saeed, uh, when I initially you know was investigating this and like can you tell can you tell who's who's had an awakening and who hasn't and and he said you know from his perspective at least it was like it's very hard to tell sometimes you know because oftentimes people seem 
you know, they, they seem like regular people. Yeah. Um, but what, what I've noticed, at least in, in my own experience is that there's a, there's a kind of lightness, um, that comes with, it. there's a kind of, uh, an ease and a flow like playfulness. Yeah, it can, it can yeah. be, it can show up in different ways. It can be a, a, a playfulness. Um, it can be a, just a, 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 a deep peace and centeredness in a person. Mm-hmm. They know, you know, you, they know like who they are, so to speak, you know, and beyond just like their name and their, and their authentic humanness, it is including that. And also beyond that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, to your question, does 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 do things change? I, I think they I think they do in subtle ways. Um, I think I think people expect the the change to be bigger than it is. Yeah. Um, and you know, when I was first going through it, I, I had a lot of turbulence um, and, and instability at first because I uh, a lot of I'll be honest about it, uh, the kind of like. Um, a messiah complex started to to rise up in me yeah and uh i think that that's something you know that that is pretty common um in terms of uh you know going through a spiritual awakening in different forms it's like we we feel like there's this grandness to to our lives and what we're meant to do now mm-hmm. um, but in many ways that's that's uh i think just our our ego complex trying to take what's what has happened take this energy and um and use it for its own purposes to to really double down on the superiority mm-hmm. uh, of, you know, of the of, of the grandness of uh of, of the individual as opposed to relaxing into this much more open uh and and really non non-grand my my cat is outside my window <laughs> causing some ruckus yeah causing some ruckus um anyway uh, I, I don't know if i've if i've answered your question or, or if you others are oh i get it we were on the topic of it's um it's grand yet it's natural i do feel as though it is it is grand to be able to know that and have that revelation right but yet it's also seemingly almost contradictory simultaneously not because it's like, oh, it was here the whole time, you know? <laughs> so it's it's like a grand revelation, but it's nothing new per se. It's nothing like we didn't add anything to our being. We just realized something. We just opened our eyes a little bit to be able to see what we are. And, um, yeah, does that change how we act? Mm, I guess it's hard to generalize. It doesn't, it doesn't. But I know that, you know, the Messiah complex is very, very real. That's for sure. And I feel as though one thing that I've done, I'm guilty of, I think a lot of people are as well, is uh, trying to evangelicalize this whole thing, like trying Mm -hmm. to spread the good news. Like once you know who you are, you try to tell other people, but it's not that easy, really. It's really not that easy. You can't just say to somebody, hey, man, did you know that you're God? It's, it's, it's not that easy. They won't just be like, really? <laughs> I mean, maybe. It depends on the person. Yeah, that's hard that's still probably the best reaction. Really? Interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I guess, uh, what's the point of the story here? Is uh, Yeah, because it's like we do want to spread. So we want to spread the good news, right? Because it's such a good 
feeling to know that, right? It's such like, oh, like almost like a sort of weight lifted off your shoulders. So you can play. Like I said before, there is a sort of sense of play to this whole thing, maybe a sense of slight sense of comicalness to the experience that comes about. Um, and for me personally, I feel like a mitigation of suffering in a way, just through a changing of perspective of who I am and what is suffering, who is suffering, right? Um, and that's generally what I would like to bring to people, right? It's like, how would you, how can you not bring that to others? It's like, how do you not, if once you are on this wavelength, how do you ignore that? And the thing is, is you can't, you can't ignore that, but you also can't help others in that way. We all have to help ourselves. That's the thing. It's like we save ourselves to save the world. So there's only so much that we can do. We can guide. And I guess maybe that's what we're doing here. If anybody's resonating and they know what we're talking about and what you do on your channels, we can guide if others are willing, if they have their, if they have their, their, the door open per se, but you can't become Jesus. <laughs> you can't you can feel like it you can feel how jesus felt how buddha felt how all of these awakened sages felt but you can't like save the whole world unfortunately or maybe fortunately maybe uh maybe it's a good thing that one person isn't meant to save the whole world and we're meant to save ourselves but there is a difference in how we chop wood and carry water i feel it may be subtle it may be subtle and it may be in the smallest moments of our life where it shines through but I do feel as though once you know, you know, and once you know, you have a sort of, personally speaking, not saying anybody else should, but you have a sort of responsibility and obligation to the Dharma and you have an obligation to others in the Dharma. But um, that's just how I feel. Do you feel like that slight obligation, like a slight obligation, maybe? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I do, which is which is why I, you know, talk about this stuff on my channel. Yeah. You know, and why, you know, I work with people like I work with people one on one who who want that kind of guidance and want a little bit of guidance. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, I do feel that obligation, but it's um, it's it's interesting because it's um, I was talking to to a good friend of mine uh, about this and, and we we're talking exactly about like, yeah, like, you know, there's there can be a, a bit of a trap. Uh, in as you were pointing to, you know, looking at this obligation like an evangelical uh, mm -hmm. sort of, you know, spreading the good news and and trying to wake as many people up, wake the world up, save the world. Yeah. And and there's a trap there in the sense of you know it becomes this other burden and this other weight and this other thing that we can attach to. Yeah. Um, when in reality, you know, as you were saying, like it's it's here all along. Um, it's not really something that in the way that I think of, it, it's not something that we, we so much, um, gain as, as something that we, we lose. Mm -hmm. It's what we give up that allows us to, to settle in and, and just, whew, oh, yeah. wow, there it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there's a kind of, there's, there, there is a pull. I think Adyashanti, uh, writes, writes about it as like, what is awake? is drawn towards that, which is not awake. It is, it is pulled towards, towards that. Um, and I think, you know, there's, there's just a natural, um, phenomenon that happens there that I think is different than a kind of, you know, evangelical uh, obligation. Yeah, very true. 
Adyashanti also says something along the lines of it goes from a personal will to a like a higher will, like some kind of higher, I don't know the exact wordage, higher will, like divine will, a sort of like collective will. Like what, there's still will coming about. There's still action being put forth through this vessel, but it just slightly changes toward different intentions, maybe like toward a different mission, you could say, it seems. Um, yeah, and it doesn't negate the will of like me having to survive and all of my cravings and aversions. Those are still present, but there is almost like seems like there's something that transcends all of that. Uh, some okay. kind of thing that is like makes all of the humanly stuff of Gary secondary, like all that other stuff. All it's just noise. It's just noise. I really know what's beyond the noise. It's that higher will of the Dharma per se. Um, yeah. And once you see it, man, like I said, you don't unsee it. I can't wake up a day where it's not present. That's for sure. I guess once you get to the mountaintop, you always have that view. Even if you come down on the mountain, come back to the base level, you still have that. You still have that in your memory. This is a metaphor, obviously. You still have it in your memory of what it looked like on the mountaintop. You never lose that glimpse of the and, vastness. And that, and that, I think, is is the hallmark. One of the hallmarks, I think, of of an awakening experience. What people talk about as spiritual awakening is like you even even when you come off the mountain and, and i and i have and i do like you know i'm uh i don't i don't pretend like i'm you know at the top of the mountain all the time i'm, I'm not mm -hmm. uh, but even when you come down you you remember you, that perspective is 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 still there it's still it's like oh yeah you know and <laughs> which which kind of leads sometimes to um you know, uh well, you're you're sometimes still acting out some of your conditioning and desires and you know of, of the human vessel um and meanwhile you know the larger picture and, and there's sometimes incompatibility there mm. uh, but that's just you know it, it's you know adyashanti you know writes about the need to continue continue to let go of uh and and, and loosen our attachment to some of you know, these, these really old habits uh, and structures that we've been carrying with us all our lives and opening ourselves up to more and more that divine will, that universal um, way and flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, universal will. I think that's actually the terms that he used. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say that any term, there's a lot of different terms for it. The Holy Spirit, one could say. But yeah, there is an opening right. towards some other some other force, some other intention in one's being. And you said a remembrance too, right? It's like, you always got to remember. I feel as though every good teaching, every solid form of guidance, really, at the end of the day, is just a remembrance. Once mm. one has had it, right? Once one has been to the mountaintop, um, at the end of the day, every form that Dharma takes is just a giant remembrance and reminder for us of how the mountaintop looked per se mm -hmm. what it was like at the mountaintop um and yeah, yeah i guess that's the work go ahead it's, it's it's interesting I've, I've been thinking uh about about that you know the last few weeks just how um you know there's there's this thing that happens when you're when when people talk in this kind of I don't know, talk, talk about philosophy or sometimes politics or they talk about truth in in this sort of way that it's like some person says something, but then it causes somebody else to say something. And it's this back and forth 
dialectic, you know, and it's it there's a, that's a very different way of trying to talk about truth than I think um, what I prefer, which is, you know, um, you say it and then afterwards there's there's just a silence. And and nobody nobody says anything in response. Nobody says anything in, in contradiction. And in fact, it, if anything, they somebody says something to to deepen into that. Oh, yeah. well, you know, instead of a instead of a but, they're saying an and. Ah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and I think what it's getting getting to what's happening there is what what you're saying is like there's something in us when we hear the the real truth. It's a remembrance. It's like oh yeah, I already knew that deep down somewhere inside of me, I already kind of knew that that was true. Mm-hmm. And it was that silence is an acknowledgement and a sinking in of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, man. Yeah. An and rather than a, but that's good. Yeah. It's like rather than a competitive argument in a way, trying to figure out some problem, it's more of just like an expansion into the silence. It's a cooperation into the stillness. That's interesting. Yeah. It's making me not want to say anything now. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, there's only so much one can say. Sometimes I wonder why I come on and do these things because it really is the truth, man. In the stillness, in the silence of of our being within, that's really... That's really where the truth of the capital T lies, man. It's all, it's beyond narrative. It's beyond label. It's beyond any of these words that we could use. When you just sit down and breathe, close your eyes, breathe deep. That's where you feel it. That's where the mountaintop sits within one. It's very true. Mm. See, I was going to ask a question and I already lost it because it's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I had something in my head. It's gone. It's gone. You, you know, well, there's, there's a question, you know, uh, that comes up for me is like, okay, yeah, well, why, why do we do this? Like, why do we, why do we talk about this kind of stuff on, uh, on our channels and, you know, with other people in our lives, presumably. I don't um, know. Uh, I've wondered that. I mean, what is, do you have an answer for that? <laughs> what, comes up, yeah, what comes up for me is it's like it, it's just it's fun exactly like, yeah i was gonna say that i just like doing it yeah there's, mm-hmm. there's just an enjoyment to it there's a joy of talking about this yeah um but like nothing you know i love a bunch of different things but this brings me real lightness real joy yeah exactly seriously i don't know why and i think it's really because it's like a meditation for me and like even though we are we are speaking here. There is still some kind of essence that I find when I do these talks where it is a flow state, where it is a sort of stillness in the moment, but yet the words just flow out. It's hard to explain. It even goes beyond thinking. Like the way that I do these things is sort of beyond thought. I enter this flow state within these talks. And I don't know. I just find that as a sort of sadhana that I enjoy. I recommend anybody listening to this Try it out yourself. You don't even have to have a YouTube channel or, you know, or record anything. Just try and have a good conversation with somebody else and really inquire, not an argument, like really inquire with each other. And you'll come to find it's very fruitful. It's very insightful for that sense of stillness within. It seems counterintuitive 
because it's like all you guys are doing is just talking label after label, narrative after narrative. But no, there's something different. There's something different. We're not talking about the Red Sox here. You know, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that, but we're, we're, uh, we're like, so, you know, the essence of, I had, I had this conversation with somebody yesterday and they brought this up to me. Like, you know, the essence of self-inquiry, Advaita, pretty much. It's like you ask, you ask yourself questions. You, you just keep, you get, you just ask like, who am I? Where am I? What is this? Blah, blah, blah. Well, it's cool to like self-inquire with somebody else, genuinely self-inquire with another being. And if you, mm -hmm. if two or more beings are on that same wavelength and that same intention, it can be very powerful. And you can kind of like fill in each other's gaps in your own self-inquiry, you know, and reflect upon each other. So that in a way is like a, it's a sort of, uh, I was going to say expedition to self-inquiry, but I don't know. It's just like another layer and another practice of it. It's very Socratic in a way, you know, it's sort of like what the, what they were doing back in the day before they had microphones and cameras you know, just sitting around and talking about stuff, talking about philosophy and just asking the right questions. There's just something that's quite hard to explain. I'm figuring it out as I go, but it is very meditative about this whole process. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's, that's interesting. You know, I, um, it, it's just kind of inspiring me a little bit in the sense of, uh, you know, yeah, usually what, what we do when we talk with somebody else is we, we, we say what we know what we think we know yeah um, but what if we were to to engage in a kind of inquiry of like you know what what, what don't you know what don't i know <laughs> exactly and like just just yeah. like have that as the the entry point where both people are mm -hmm. yeah uh, that's, that's it man that, i think that's it it's just the, i guess the challenge is to be humble in that aspect as much as you can try to enter the interaction with humility and enter the interaction of like seeing the Buddha and the other person, you know, seeing the teacher and the guru and the other person and actually enter with that intention. You can go far. That's how I try to approach all of my talks, like a genuine sense of, I don't know. And I really don't know. That's the, that's the true thing is I don't really know who you are. I kind of know what you're about, but entering a talk, anybody, not even just online in real life, like, who is this person? What are they? Maybe they are the Buddha. <laughs> i'm trying to find the buddha man and uh yeah that's it it can be very very helpful and to truly connect that's it it's just truly connecting with somebody and uh i don't know yeah i just enjoy it i i recommend anybody else to try it i don't know i don't, I don't think it's for everybody but uh there is something powerful about just self-inquiry with others and i think there's other terminology for it i think there's you ever heard of circling like a kind of discussion yeah yeah i think that had has this sort of same flavor i don't know too much about that but there's other there, there are people that are doing it obviously i'm not i'm not the only one but i think a lot more people could benefit from that just rather than just you know having your conversations be like through text online through reddit social media text messages or just like basic phone calls, which I don't even know if people do anymore, but like to have a genuine conversation with somebody for half an hour or more hour, two hours and to, no distractions. I'm just going to tap in with this person and enter with a sense of, I have, I don't know. I, I just don't know <laughs> and see what they know. And, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's helpful, man. That's it. It's pretty helpful. It's pretty meta that we're talking about that as we're doing it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's 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 some of um 
you know, in terms of like in, in when I work with people one-on-one, sometimes, you know, it just, it just becomes like this. It, it's, you know, sometimes I, sometimes I'm usually I'm just, I'm asking them certain strategic questions to try and open up either their hearts or their minds in some, some kind of way. But when, when, when somebody really kind of gets there and drops in, then it just kind of becomes this, this back and forth of like, yeah. wait, there's no, there's no hierarchy anymore. There's mm. just like, you know, truth speaking to truth. Mm. Um, and I, and I try to, br- I try to bring that into my, into my conversations with, with friends and, and with, and with, uh, with other people. Um, but I find that it's, uh, it's interesting. There's like, um, a different quality to a conversation that has non-duality at its, as its center, um, than, than, than other, you know, talking about the Red Sox or. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's because what's a two way street in that regard. Um, one has to be open that one has to have the intention to do that because usually conversations are very um, one-sided as you're just talking about yourself. And if you're, if you really want to connect with somebody else, you have to open yourself up and the other person has to open themselves up. And then, yeah, it creates truth speaking to truth. I like to say it almost creates one mind somehow, some way it creates this one mind through time and space. Like, yeah, it can happen locally. If anything, it's actually more powerful locally, but I feel it. And you probably feel it too. When you're one-on-ones, like you're connecting with this person and you're not in the same room, you're miles away. And somehow, mm-hmm. some way, like in the ethers, I don't know if you want to even call it that. I don't know. But there's some kind of non-local connection that you're making with somebody else. And that is pretty powerful and gives me proof that we are somehow all this one mind. All 8 billion of us on Earth. Earth is the one mind. The universe is the one mind. And locality and time doesn't really matter. We're all just like this sort of... I don't know, just some frequencies, man, interacting with each other and, and distance doesn't matter because I can feel mm. it almost like telepathy, but it's not telepathy as in like I can read your mind. Mm. It's not like that, but it is, it's just congruence with one another. It's hard to explain, hard to explain. Um, I, I like, yeah. I like the, the terminology of kind of congruence. Yeah. Alignment, it's, congruence. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just the sense of, Right. I, I recognize myself over there, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's me. And this is me. And that's me over there too. And there's this, and it's this <laughs> capital M me. It's this. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. It's that simple. Being able to see yourself in another person's eyes that transcends all locality. It really does. Being able to see that, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. And that's literally, that's humbling that to be able to do that and approach with that. That's the way of the sage, man, for sure. <sighs> Easier said than done though. That's for sure. But it's possible. Mm. I think that's why we do the work. I think that's where it's all leading us to eventually. If there is a, a goal per se or somewhere where this is all leading, um, it's not all just us having fun and trying to look cool on the internet. It's, awakening of all of us realizing that we are all one we're all in this together we've all heard it before but i think it's actually becoming a reality and a possibility where every single human being is being is able to see each other in each other's eyes 
to be able to see the capital M me, the capital S self within one another at all times. We don't lose necessarily our sense of self as in my Gary sense of self or Daniel sense of self. It's just that we are able to cooperate and work more according with that. It's a both. It's a simultaneous play that I feel as though we're moving toward because the paradigm is a little bit too much caught in the egotistical self. That's the popular paradigm of where we're coming from, like a sort of almost a sort of solipsism, like all me, all mine. It's just the universe revolves around me and that's it. But now we're opening up to like, oh, wait, we're all in this together. Slowly but surely, I think this is where the path in a very integrated and practical way, I think this is where the path is leading us to more of a collective cooperation um, with our community and ideally establishing some kind of worldwide community, like a worldwide Sangha um, someday in the future. And uh, yeah, I think that's really, I think that's where it's going, man. It doesn't sound like that crazy. Like uh, it actually sounds pretty practical. It actually makes sense, I feel. Do you think that's just like where we're going? Like, do you think, I mean, all right, this might be big and a lot of people agree and disagree with me on this, but do you think like eventually we're all going to get the, we're all going to get to the mountaintop? <laughs> we're all going to be able yeah, to I, see each other in each other's eyes? Yeah, I, I, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, I hope so. And, and, it, and it certainly, you know, it certainly seems that way. Uh, now that, now that I'm kind of, you know, I am, kind of more in tune and looking around. Um, I was, I was, I was, after I had, you know, uh, my initial awakening experience, I was, I was one of the first realizations that I had, it struck me so, so intensely. It was like, I wonder how many other people, you know, have this or have, or are walking around with this. <laughs> Cause it just was. And, and then I started to look around and I was like, Oh, wait, you know, I, I'm starting to see it. You know, sometimes, sometimes even just in moments in a person, sometimes it pops up in a moment yeah. and kind of goes away, but I saw it, it was there. And then another person just kind of like, I, I see certain movies that I, I rewatch and I'm like, mm. there it is, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and so I, I, I do, I am, I am hoping and it feels like, as you're saying, this kind of, this globalizing of this, of this new expanded way of, of consciousness. And I used to, you know, I, I heard about that, like in the kind of, you know, new age talk about like, you know, global shift and consciousness awakening. It was kind of, kind of rolled my eyes at that, but, but now I'm just like, Oh, you know, maybe, maybe that's, that really is what we're in the process of. Yeah. And will we actually get there before, you know, our, our human tendencies, you know, destroy this planet? I don't know. But it certainly feels like that's what we're tending towards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. I think it'll be, and it is, like a gradual thing. It's not like all of a sudden tomorrow everyone's going to wake up and, and, and get the message. It's just like a sort of slowly but surely. I mean, I don't think it's as slow as we think it is. I think it's actually increasing. But yeah. it's just gradual, you know, a little bit here and there, a little bit here and there. And it's also something that you don't see on the news, right? not something you see pop culture on tiktok so it's sort of this behind the scenes the revolution will not be televised essence (laughs) i i was thinking about that that just a few weeks ago exactly it's like this revolution will not be televised Mm. because there's nothing to to televise the only (laughs) this this thing that we're doing now is probably the closest thing to it (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, I guess we are televising it. We're, we're televising, yeah. But it's yeah. like, it's very different than the kind of, you know, what we think of as, as like, it's not a, it's making its way into into movies and into into television, I think. You know, I think I, I, I'm seeing certain directors or creators or writers, like, weaving it in. Um, but yeah, like, unless you know what it looks like, unless you know like the feeling of it, like you're, you're not, you're not going to see it until, until you see it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the biggest example of that for me is going back and reading the Bible because before Mm -hmm. this whole thing, I was on this wavelength. I just took the Bible as most people do at a very face value. You know, Mm -hmm. it was just a literal story, but no, there's like valuable lessons of awakening in there if you can look at it with a keen eye. Um, mm. You know, Jesus was just an awakened being trying to spread the gospel, spread the good news. And, uh, you know, obviously it was translated and probably edited over thousands and thousands of years, got a little disrupted in the true meaning of it. But when one has a sort of understanding within themselves, especially of Eastern philosophy, and then you go back into the Bible, or really any literature, any of the scriptures for that matter, you will be able to just realize and understand truly what this is all about, where, what, is re- what the Bible is truly trying to tell us, what Jesus was truly trying to tell us in his life, in his teachings, in his sermons. Um, you know, yeah, I, that's the number one thing. What are you going to say? So, it's so interesting. I, I totally agree with you. Um, it, where, where I've been having that same kind of aha moment is I'm going back to um, uh, philosophers that I used to really be into. Oh, yeah. Uh, particularly the existentialists. And right now, um, reading I and Thou, uh, Martin Buber, who's a oh, Jewish uh, philosopher and, and mystic. Mm. And I, I'm just going back to these these older texts uh, that I, well, that I read and I, and I, and I, I thought that I had kind of like moved past that. Like, okay, now I'm like in this, in the spiritual, you know, mystical enlightened domain, but looking back, it's like, oh, wait, no, like that, there it is. Mm-hmm. There is the very thing after going to the Eastern, I come back, look back at the, at the Western, you know, minds and, and it's a little bit harder to, to figure out, but like, if you know what you're looking for, it's like, oh, it's very clearly there. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It's powerful stuff, truly. It's powerful stuff. And uh, I like to say this. I say this in every podcast, so I apologize if there's anyone that listens to every podcast and hears me say it. The truth is one, and the wise call it by many names. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to see that truth with a capital T may seem like a cliche, but it, it is true. It's easy to see that within a lot of different literature, a lot of different works of art just a lot of different creations if one is aligned with it just different labels different philosophies different ways to describe it but at the end of the day it's all the same truth it's all the same thing many different fingers pointing at the same moon (laughs) Mm. it's really Mm. that simple um yeah yeah but if you don't know what the moon looks like yourself within then yeah you might get lost at the finger and that's, uh, that is a danger. That is a reality. But I don't know. I guess that's just part of the process, recognizing what is not, what, yeah, what is not the moon in order to realize what is the moon, you know? 
So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, powerful stuff. <laughs> powerful <laughs> stuff. I sometimes even see it in, like, uh, cartoons, you know, mm. stuff that was, like, I watched as a child, and then I watch now, and I'm like, whoa. You know, like, they were talking about this. It's, like, this very, very subtle messaging you know very like uh what's that word where it's like behind the scenes messaging um subliminal sub yeah subliminal yeah like very subliminal teachings that are within a lot of the works of art that we find and maybe that's why it resonates like even if you don't understand it right at a at a literal level maybe there's a part of us maybe if you even if you don't have that understanding within yourself right because none of us really have that like we're all deconditioned out of that but we were all born in that state. We were all born naturally pure with that understanding. We just kind of get distorted and uh, dirtied, you could say, over the years, conditioned into a way that isn't that way. But maybe there's that part of us somewhere deep down inside that still resonates with that, even though it may be not quite integrated in one's being, even though it's like may just be seen as some sort of entertainment there, there is probably something that still resonates even if one doesn't understand within themselves i th i still think the truth no matter what is resonant in all of us because like i said we all know we were all born in our we were all born within with that you know we were all <laughs> you know we we weren't distorted from birth so there has to be something like even if you don't like why why is christianity so huge even though it's taken as a form of dogma there's still like people that resonate with that story even though it is a distorted sense of the story i still think no matter what the truth is resonant and mm -hmm. uh i don't know it's just uh i don't know i guess uh, I, I don't know what my point of the story is i guess no matter what i guess good art good creation, good works, good writings, good speeches, whatever it is, even if it is just a finger pointing at the moon to somebody, there is still the moon that is there. Even if one doesn't see the moon, the moon is still, the moon as in truth, the moon is still being transmitted and there's something within oneself that resonates with that. All of us, every single human being, I think, has the ability to resonate and the capacity to resonate with that understanding. Even if one doesn't understand it themselves, there's still something that's knocking at the door. It's still like, come on, when are you going to open up? And we hear the knock, but not everybody opens. But in time, I think, like we said, in time, we will all get there and open the doors of perception, as Aldous Huxley says. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there there are many doors to open. It's not just not just one. We have many <laughs> layers of of conditioning and resistance mm -hmm. and all that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's um I think what we were talking about earlier applies here. It's it's um it's a remembrance. Mm -hmm. uh, and and talking about you know where this shows up in Western philosophy. Socrates or Plato writing through Socrates um talks about this. Um, I remember reading it in college and I, and I thought it was kind of ridiculous at the time, but like, you know, any, any true knowledge is, is really a form of, of remembrance of, mm -hmm. 
what was it called? I think uh, an amnesia, like the the opposite of amnesia, mm. um, doing that forgetfulness, mm. which is which is actually also shows up in in Gnostic uh, literature, you know, early Christian Gnostic literature, where the 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 idea is that we come to this world as a spark, yeah. or we have a spark of the of the true divine within us. But as soon as we enter into the world, we forget why we came. Yeah. And and their whole purpose, uh, the whole quest of, of of our of our time here is to remember why we came and and you know carry out this that that intention. Yeah. To know thyself. It's the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think the Gnostics are actually more aligned with true Christianity. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's funny because like they they saw you know I I love the Gnostics because the, the the Gnostic myth the very basic Gnostic myth uh, there are various variations on it but it's just like the the idea of the demiurge as like this this false god that was created by Sophia this uh, other divine being trying to understand the true god the true god being just just this this formless like being of of everything mm -hmm. but in trying to understand it sophia the metaphor for wisdom or for intellect or, or mind tried to understand that true god and by accident created this false god which is exactly what happened with you know christianity with you know uh let's say with judaism as well there's this grasping for the the true god and what you get is this human-like entity that you know, we've created, and and it's um, and it's just so it's so fascinating. The Gnostics saw through through that, and we're pointing to that like a few hundred years, you know, after Christianity first showed up on the scene. It's like, look, you're you're attaching and, and projecting your human conception of God onto what you think the divine is, and you're creating this 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 demigod that is not the real thing yep. um, and which is what we've been so much of society has been worshiping for for thousands of years yep false idols mm -hmm. hmm. yep anthropomorphize is that the word yeah anthropomorphize yeah that's what we did mm -hmm. yeah there's a reason i'm pretty sure the hebrews the classical hebrew they don't even say g-o-d it's just g-d you're not you know to take away the conceptual aspect of the divine in other words as well in hebrew it's almost like they take away letters so that you can't make it a word so you can't make it something because essentially the ultimate the ultimate is the ultimate there is no something there is like it's not to be something <laughs> you know and they're, they're almost trying to take take the word and make make it into a pointer um yeah you know. yeah which really that is the the purpose of the word the symbol yeah it's supposed to stand for something yeah it's interesting so you make a word that isn't a word <laughs> that's very zen actually it's like almost <laughs> like a koan <laughs> that's funny that's actually really genius yeah let's just not make it a word so they don't get lost at the word Hmm. that's good yeah. Yeah. <sighs> hey man this is good talk um i'm at a loss for words there's only so many words you could use to the ultimate that's for sure yeah very cool. very many words and there will be many words in the future
you about to say something? There, there's something. Well, there's something that you know. Uh, I've, I've got a little bit more time to talk. I don't know how much how much you've got. Yeah, we can probably start to wrap it up. <laughs> um, but there's 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 something that you mentioned earlier on that I think you know might be a good way to kind of uh, bring it back to where we started, which is this question of you know what changes uh, practically when we when we start to to see and, and experience this the world in this way. Um, you know, and in a sense, yeah, you still have to chop wood and carry water in a very practical way. But I think you're right that like the way that we chop wood and carry water is slightly different. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a kind of just, there's a, an ease, a peace, mm. an alignment, an awareness, uh, a consciousness that, you know, this, this is, this is, you know, in my, I'll speak about myself. Like, you know, I wake up every day, you know, I, I go to my office, I do my work, you know, I pay my bills, I do this stuff everything that I used to be doing, but I, you know, the, the, the more that this matures in me, the more I can start to see that every one of these tasks, I can find the light in it. I can yeah. connect to this larger experience of oneness. And even, you know, and I think, you know, the, we were talking about movies, um, everything, everywhere, all at once, Oh, you know, awesome. mm -hmm. amazing. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and the fact that one like best, best movie, like I think is, is showing that there's a consciousness shift that's going on. Mm -hmm. but, but what I love about that movie, so many things I love about it. But one of them is like the whole premise and how they described it before it came out. It didn't have any description except, um, you know, a woman goes to, to try and file her taxes. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't tell anything else about the movie except for that. And that's essentially what it is about. Yeah. When wow, we think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they find all of this meaning, all of this, this, this truth in that premise. That's so poetic. Wow. That's really good. I'm going to have to go rewatch that now. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's good, man. Yeah. That's an awesome movie. I recommend that to anybody listening. Go watch everything everywhere all at once. That is like A1. That's my top five up there for mm -hmm. movies. I watched that and was like, wow, this is this is like a work of art, man. This is more than just like another Marvel movie or something. This is like, this is profound. Um, yeah, man. Um, just trying to do our taxes. That's for sure. <laughs> it's very true. This is, uh, I guess that is the stable awakening. You know, that is the integration is being able to see the light in the midst of our taxes, in the midst of us in traffic, in the midst of all of the seemingly human stuff that goes on, the ups and the downs, the twists and the turns, everything that makes us human, pleasures and aversions, being able to remember the light at all times, not saying I'm there, not saying I'm perfect, but I guess that's where we're working toward, an integration with the light in all of the aspects of us being human. Yeah, man. Everything, everywhere, all at once. <sighs> On that note, hey, I think this was an awesome talk. I think we can wrap this up. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say? You just want to keep it at that? No, no. Um, yeah, if, uh, if anybody's interested in my channel, Stable Awakening. Um, yeah, and uh, I love I love talking with people, meeting with them, working with them. Anybody that's looking for a little bit of light, a little bit of a reminder of the thing <laughs> they already know. <laughs> exactly. I'll link everything down in the description for anybody that's interested. But uh, 
yeah, keep doing your thing, Daniel. I can tell you were very grounded in your sense of understanding in this. Uh, this was a very, very easy, intuitive, flowing talk for me. Um, so yeah, keep on keeping on. I wish you all the best and really thank you for coming on here, sharing your time, effort, and wisdom with me and anybody that listens. Absolutely. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Peace and love. Peace and love.